What's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast. We are back, and we got Lucas Rubix. He is out of uh, Vancouver, Canada, and I'm um, just excited to have him today. He's an online coach, business mentor, and uh, professional freedom chaser. He's the host of the Coach's Corner Podcast. He's got a company, Rubix Performance, and so he's just an all-around good dude, and I'm excited to have him here uh, on the Championship Leadership Podcast. Thanks, thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks, Nate. If anyone's from Vancouver, you know that we just got like the biggest snowfall that I think we've seen in forever. So literally, it's like chaos. Really? I'm looking out the window and it's like yeah. chaos because no one here is prepared for, for snow. I mean, we live in Canada, yeah. but literally it never snows here. So when it does okay. happen, no one's prepared for it. The roads aren't prepared for it. And it was just chaos yesterday. So it was oh, so fun to just go for a walk downtown and just see the chaos. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of cool when that happens. Um, you know, my daughter, we live in Minnesota and She's telling me that uh, we're supposed to get a big blizzard on uh, Friday. So maybe, maybe that's that storm like working its way this way. But um, yeah, yeah, we haven't really been hit by that big one yet this year. So, so much fun. I love that stuff. I love the elements. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's kick it off here. Um, I want to respect your time. I know you, you're a busy man and uh, let's get right to it. The I name of the podcast, that. Championship Leadership. What comes to mind for you? Like, what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Championship leadership, leadership to me, and I'm, I'm going to be really real here, was one of the hardest things for me to, to grab, to embody, to grasp because of my upbringing and just the way I think I saw the world. I was very proud, lone wolf, lone warrior. I can do it myself. I don't need your help. I don't need anyone's help. Big chip on my shoulder, huge ego. And although that will get you so far, you know, anger was a really big emotion that got me out of my situation. But anger is a great emotion when channeled properly, but when used for too long, like I did, it, it becomes destructive and I refuse to get help. How many times I tried to build a team and I just destroyed it? How many times I paid a lot of money to get help and I destroy yeah. that relationship? I wouldn't do anything that was told. And, you know, it'll, it'll get you so far, but I quickly realized that there is something fundamentally wrong with this. And so I started every leadership book every leadership seminar, anyone that I thought was a great leader, 
How do I get around them? And yeah. I quickly learned that that leadership is really all about service. So then I went the other route of like, hey, I'm going to serve. And then you go too far and you don't have any boundaries set up. And so it's a really fine line between here's my boundaries. Yeah. Here's boundaries I will not cross so we can serve you better. And so leadership, you know, when I hear leadership, it's, it's the first thing I think about. And it's something I'm constantly working on, of course. Like I'm far from the world's greatest leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always working on it. And then, I mean, championship to me is a mindset, the mindset yeah. of a champion. So I think you got a good title. I think you got a good name. And the yeah, two go hand in hand to, to create what you've created. Well, I love the definition. I love what it means to you. And it's, it's always fun to hear all the guests in, in the different ways that they explain how, what it means to them. And, and uh, it's always fun to, fun to have that to kick it off. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I love what you just said. You talked about, you know, it's all about service, but then there's that fine line of going too far and giving too much and like having no boundaries. Like I hadn't really heard, uh, maybe had that thought around that before, but it's so true. It's such a big issue for so many people. I know you as a online coach and, and helping others to build online coaching businesses. I'm sure you talk people through that, coach people through that often. Yes. Well, yeah. And man, I, I used to like, cause I used to work on a text basis with clients in the early days and I'd, I'd wake up at 10 o'clock cause I'd have a thought. I checked my phone and I saw a client struggling and I'd be voice noting and emailing and like, yeah. finally I was just like, I, I, I truly think that most people are good. Most people want to serve, especially in this space, but you can, you will get walked all over very quickly and they don't mean to do it. People treat you, yeah. you know, how you allow them, how, how you allow them to treat you. And so it was, it was a really big lesson. And then I remember bouncing back and I see this happen a lot of people if I turn into, you know, an, an, hopefully I can say this, but an asshole as in I would, I would be so nice. And then I'd flip because I had enough of everything. And then people yeah. were like, thought I was not a nice guy, but I'm like, I am a nice guy. And it was just yeah. such a, it's still a journey for me, but I think setting those boundaries, setting those non-negotiables every morning, reviewing them, saying what, you know, what, what, like even on our mastermind calls, if you're late by five minutes, you're locked out. Everyone knows this. And now they're so trained that they apologize. They, they just know I, I was seven minutes late, try to get in the room. No one's upset about it because you set that standard and then you set the standard for how they're showing up. So yeah, I, it, I mean, I, I think it's a lifelong journey of, um, yeah, that's great. you know, take care of yourself first, set those boundaries and you will have so much to give after that. Yeah, especially, you know, that's, that's been something that's coming up, uh, come up, you know, just yesterday was talking to Jason Redmond. He's a U.S. Navy, former U.S. Navy SEAL. And we were talking about that first, like leadership, especially leadership. It, it starts with you. And um, I think that's something that's also like glanced over and we want to go help others and fix them. And, and yet we haven't focused on ourselves and like really starting with ourselves first. hundred percent, hundred percent. I like that. Tell us a little bit about you and your story. Like, you know, how did you get to where you are? Uh, you have the podcast, you got another podcast, you, you're getting ready to launch. And that's right. That's right. It's public or not, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's been a passion project. And then, um, but yeah, just tell us how you got to be like the coach of coaches and helping other people as online coaches, business coaches. Like, yeah, just kind of give us that story. You talked a little bit about maybe uh, your upbringing and uh, dealing yeah. with some anger and how you, how you work through that and the process of that. But yeah, just give us a little background in you and, what's brought you to where you are today? I'll rip through it. I think there's certain, um, you know, patterns that, that are fairly known. So you hear the story and you're like, yeah, of course that makes sense. Of course they ended up like that because it all adds up. So I'll, I'll really skip through it. Cause it's not, I don't think it's extremely unique, 
Uh, but, you know, immigrant parents, we were refugees in Italy for a few years. They escaped Poland or they left Poland. They were in Italy and then they immigrated to a small town called Kamloops. And I don't know, a small town. I mean, there were 60,000 people. So it's not that small, but yeah. small in terms of, you know, a city person. And I think with that comes the feeling of an outsider, feeling different. You know, we grew up in a trailer park, whereas most of my friends in Kamloops, because a house was a hundred grand, you could buy a house. So they all had homes. I never invited them over. And I remember, I still remember this. I apologize a hundred times, but like my mom's like, why don't you invite friends over? And I'm like, we live in a trailer. Like, why would I invite my friends over? And they were working so goddamn hard. So yeah. I think that creates some thing inside a kid of like, I'm different. With that came some anger and that only grew with a chip on my shoulders. You know, I'm, I'm going to do something. I wanted money really bad because I saw, you know, I mean, I mean, you want the opposite of what, what, what you don't have. So I really wanted to go make money. And that was second high school is over. What job will pay me the most? That was the oil rigs. So I went up north and I worked on the oil rigs for four or five years. And if you can kind of understand the company you're around, great guys great human beings doing their best, but as a 20 year old, a 19 year old, never seen really, you know, any kind of hard drug growing up or anything else in the debauchery that goes on, on the oil rigs yeah. in these towns and in these camps. So being around that for four or five years creates habits that aren't very desirable or that probably won't get you far in life because everybody hates their job. They hate being up there. You're isolated. And so they're just using substances or, you know, short-term things to, to find some form of happiness or like I was doing, buying a lot of stuff to make up for that void. So you'd come back home for five days, buy a snowmobile, buy a dirt bike, buy a truck, spend all your money. Yeah. Go back. I wasn't, I wasn't spending money on drugs. These guys were like blow 10 grand on a weekend on drugs and partying and, and, yeah. you know, hooker strippers, whatever else they're doing. Yeah. Uh, luckily I kind of stayed clear of that because of my moral upbringing, but I did spend a lot of money on, on vehicles and just didn't really, was just living it up. So I, I think it was like 24, 25. I, I didn't know it at the time. I just thought life was this way. You just live life. You do a job you hate and you just keep going. And I explained it as I was seeing black and white. It was a depression and it was getting deeper and deeper. Like I'd be on planes hoping they'd crash. And I just, wow. I didn't think anything of it, but I knew that all my relationships, you know, relationships with, I, I, could, I couldn't hold down a relationship with pretty much anybody. and it was this moment where there was five or six guys. We were standing in a circle. We were smoking. And I just kind of like, I was 24. These guys are 40, 50. They're all giving me advice of like, stay on the rigs, play it safe. Like one day, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to retire. You'll have this. And I just saw everyone's marriages were horrible. They were all cheating on their wives. Their kids hated them. The kids didn't know them. They're all smoking. They're all doing drugs. And I'm holding this cigarette, looking at everyone talking about their problems. And I just had this moment of like, that's either going to be me, yeah, you know, or I'm going to go do something. And so I remember basically quitting around that time. And I, right before I quit, I bought a home in Vancouver, which was for a 25 year old. You could say it's an accomplishment. It was an apartment, excuse me. Sure. So everyone around you was telling you, you know, you're, you're so accomplished. I had two vehicles. Of course, the bank gave me a zero down, like just get, so I had a Jeep and a car. Yeah. Uh, I had a motorcycle and I bought this place with 5% down completely over leveraged. Yeah. And so I knew if I quit the rigs, I am going to face some consequences, but I was ready to make that leap. And there's a small sub story. And I started sharing this a lot more is right before I did quit. I moved into that apartment. My girlfriend just left me cause I'm an asshole. And 
I had no furniture and I'm moving in alone. I really don't know anyone. It was in Coquitlam, but basically the Vancouver area, all of my buddies are, all of my friends, all my acquaintances were on the rig somewhere. And it was like three or four days in, um, I was, I was using prescription, prescription drugs. So oxycodons and stuff like that, just to kind of make yeah. it through my days and mixed with alcohol. You can kind of see the outcome. And I had a Mossberg, uh, 12 gauge shotgun, still have it. One of my favorite guns, super simple gun. Yeah. And I don't know what happened that night. There's still shame when I say this, but it's truth is it's almost like there was something else, someone else literally controlling my body. And my mind was like, don't do this. But my body was just going through the actions, lowering the shotgun, pointing it at my head. And I had this insane moment of like, I either do this. Luckily, my parents are amazing. And I thought about my mom and what she'd have to go through. Yeah. Didn't happen. And next day, and this is really where the big transformation happened, is there was a book by Eckhart Tolle. Power of Now, I believe it was. And, and I, I should find this book to make sure I, I'm not screwing this up. But somewhere in the start of that book, and it's one of the first books I read. I must have picked it up in an airport somewhere, threw it on my dresser, never, never touched it. Reading this book, and it was about his story of he kind of went through the same thing. You know, a lot of people do, like kind of making a decision of do I go on or do I end this thing? And it just resonated with me. I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. There's more to this. You can create something beautiful. And I remember going for a walk that morning. I've lived there for about a week and everything was like, I felt the sun. This sounds really cheesy, but I felt the sun. Like I was watching butterflies for the first time. I feel like I was actually living or experiencing or like actually feeling. I don't think yeah. I, for like four or five freaking years before that. And that was my big decision. I quit. Uh, banks started taking things, of course, sold the car, had to sell the apartment eventually. But I realized that, I was extremely happy with nothing. Whereas when I had everything, I was completely miserable. And so that was a really big lesson for me. Got into health and fitness. That fitness built discipline. Um, I was waking up at 5 a.m., working out, doing cardio middle of the day, you know, training at the end, really transformed my body. A lot of people were asking me, how'd you do that? I said, maybe I'll build a business around this. Quickly did. Fast forward two, three years, fell in love with marketing, built it online. Did a six-month motorcycle trip to Panama, tented the whole way, kept building the online business, and kind of the rest is history. I got into online marketing, and when there's a need for what you do, a lot of people reaching out, wanting help with their marketing. Um, I wouldn't say that I, I coach coaches because the modalities and how you coach is of zero interest to me. Be good at what you do, and if you're good at what you do, let's get that message, get that story, and let's build very simple systems, not complicated upsells, downsells, and all this click funnel stuff, very simple systems, you know, take someone from not knowing you to wanting to work with you in a very short period of time, making it authentic, making it real. And you know, that's, that's my spiel. I love it, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. appreciate it. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know when you were, uh, when you talked about the book and like, who, who was it? I automatically thought Eckhart Tolle before you said it for some reason, but, uh, Anyway, Such a powerful book. I don't even know if I read that book, man. Like I wasn't reading it, yeah. but I read like the first chapter and I'm like, damn, yeah. there's more. I am so conditioned now that like sometimes I even forget what it was like because I'm like infinite possibilities, potential. I just see opportunity everywhere. Waking up, doing something I love and like going after it is every day easy. No, but I'm just like, it's so available to everybody. It almost just hurts my body when I see people complaining about their situations. Like, what could I do? What can I create to just show you that? I'm not going to say you can do anything you want because that's a lie because you can't, but anything you want to do is, is available to you and you can at least chase it. And through that, you'll find a way into something different. 
We'll talk a little bit more because, you know, you, you did in a way glance over it, but you talked about getting into, you know, health and wellness and helping people there and, and created a business. And then, then, you know, you said you figured out marketing, which like, I mean, so many people struggle with marketing and don't know where to go and don't know what to do. And yeah, click, you mentioned it, like click, like they probably get more, more technical than they need to. That's right. But, but talk to us a little bit about like, how did you figure that out? And it sounds like you figured it out fairly quickly. You went, you know, took six months, went on a trip and obviously online marketing, you can, you can literally do from anywhere yeah. uh, with internet connection. And, um, you know, I always ask a question around championship leadership, like who are some of those, those championship leaders, coaches, mentors, uh, that have helped you along the way. And, and, and what is it about them that really the characteristics, the strengths, the traits that they had that, that you've kind of taken and, molded into who you are, but you know, were there some people along the way that helped you get to there? Uh, you, you know, know I'd love to deep dive into that, that yeah. conversation a little bit. I, I literally just packed up probably 200 books into boxes because I had books. I always have books all over my place. That's what yeah. I value. And usually what you display in your home is, is, is a, a good reflection of what you value. That's not absolute truth, but I'm just being general. And yeah. so most homes you go into the TV front and center, massive TV, huge speakers and maybe one book around. And it, it generally gives me an idea of where most people are focusing their time. Of course, kids and entertainment room. I yep. get that. But I just packed them all up because I was like starting to be like, okay, you can, I mean, knowledge is, is knowing and wisdom is doing. And I'm like, how, how many of these books? And I started going through them. Did I actually apply? And you know, the, the answer was very few. So now I've removed all books and I only have five at a time. And those are the books that I'm focusing on until they're implemented. So I, I don't know where I get this from. I don't even question it because I think it's a really good trait, but I can get really obsessed over something. And I love reverse engineering a problem. No. So a lot of people, they have a problem, they focus on it. Like I can't get clients or, or nobody knows what I do, or I'm not good on video. And they obsess about that. They beat themselves up over it. And I must have learned this or picked it up along the way somewhere of like, okay, there's the problem. You know, let's define the problem. Let's remove our emotions from it. I'm, I know probably a lot of the people on your show are, but I'm a big uh, fan of any kind of stoic philosophy. So I'm always, that's usually yeah. my morning reads is that kind of stuff. So remove your emotion from it. Look at the problem, define the problem, get real about it, and then set it aside and try to find the opposite of that. So there's the problem, but what is the outcome you want? If it's more clients, is that 10 clients, five clients? And so I knew that, you know, I, I didn't want to work in person anymore. I wanted online clients and I knew that one of the things I had to learn. So instead of focusing on the problem of, I can't build my online business, I've got to find a way to get a consistent stream of leads and of people interested in what it is I do and I have to figure it out fast. So I define that as kind of the outcome and, and then I, you can quickly find solutions to it. So I started searching and I just got obsessed with books. So on that six month trip to Panama, I had a, uh, an iPhone loaded up with, any audiobook from Seth Godin's or what's the guy's name? Dan, uh, you know, the big OG in marketing, Dan um, Kennedy, Dan Kennedy's yeah. and anyone else in between. I mean, I'm, I'm talking some of the more fluffy guys like Grant Cardone with the sales motivation and everything else in between stuff that I've, I've never read or listened to or heard. And for six months, I literally got a 20 year college university education yeah. on marketing, anything to do with marketing. And at the end of the day of listening to it, I'd just write down the main key points and I'd implement it. So very quickly, I just started understanding, you know, there's someone who doesn't know you. There's someone who, and, and you want to work with them. You want to get paid. And there's a journey they go through, but you can't just ask someone who doesn't know you to buy from you. 
So what are the few little key steps, the positioning and, and how can you place something in front of them to start building that relationship, start building some goodwill so that when you ask them, now they know you, now they like you. And how do we make that as simple as possible and as quick as possible? And so it, it did happen fairly quickly. I don't want to talk about the 10K. I think it was like 16K in six months a month. And is that huge? It can be to some people that's nothing. But to me, that was my story. And I just, it became yeah. real at that moment of like, okay, this thing exists. This thing is real. Yeah. Now let's find out how to make 50K or 80K a month. And it became a really fun game to not only the money, but the money is a reflection of the impact you're creating. So I don't know if there was one because I just consumed like a wild man anything I could on anything to do with marketing from simple stuff like, well, not simple, but stuff like positioning to everything else in between and yeah. funnels and everything else in between. Yeah. I love it. Great. Thank you. What's like, uh, you know, think back to a critical moment, uh, turning point in your life where had you taken a different path, right? You know, it's kind of like that fork in the road. Yep. You go left. That's maybe the road that everybody wants to travel and they're trying to get you to take as well. But, but, uh, you know, championship leaders, they have this incredible yeah. vision and the courage to like execute and, and make the decision that isn't always the most popular, but it's why yeah. they're championship leaders because no one else can see it, but them and, and they're going to go and execute and that's why they succeed. So, you know, you, you make the decision that you did has you where you are, but you could have very easily went a different direction. Like, is there one that, that, that sticks out to you? There's always listeners like, they're at yeah. that fork right now. And it's yeah. great to hear these stories from other people. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a few and I, I'll, I'll just get into one really quick thing. You said it is like, they have a vision and they filter their decisions through, does this move me closer to my vision Yeah, or does it move me further? And they're also aware that anything short term, anything that gets you a quick win in the long run, and this is almost a universal truth in the long run is, is detrimental to your success junk food, you know, quick sex and everything else in between is like, it feels good in the moment, yeah. but is it actually building a long-term future? And so I think through health and fitness and becoming obsessed with that, that's why I love fitness and gyms, anything like that. I know you're a big advocate of that is yeah. it teaches you something that is very easy to grasp and it, it translates into other areas of life. So you said it is having the vision and every time I'm unclear on my vision, which happens, uh, we start making poor decisions because now we're thinking short term or we, we don't have a direction. And so I've started doing once a week, I just put a whole day aside where it's just focused on the vision. What does that look like? And then I look at everything we're doing and is it moving us closer? And if there's anything that's not, it's, it's a very easy decision to remove it. And so, you know, in the early days, I didn't have much of a vision, so I'd make poor decisions. But the second I thought, okay, maybe I can create some sort of freedom in my life. I knew that my job no longer served me. It was, it was clear as day. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew I could stay here and have no freedom. So I quit it, uh, not knowing what I was going to do. But I knew my vision at that time was maybe I can, I can do something better and be happy. And then, you know, fitness. Okay, I want to do this a full-time business. So let's make 10K a month. Does this move me closer or further? And so, yeah, definitely quitting the rigs was a yeah. massive. What yeah. if I would have stayed? I have friends who've stayed. I just have someone who was calling me. And I, I mean, he was a really good buddy, but he called me for money two weeks ago. Gave him some money, I don't know, a few hundred bucks or whatever. And then a week later, he called me again. Yeah. No explanation, but hey, you're my friend. Here you go. Yeah. Don't need an explanation. And then a day later at 2 a.m., frantic phone calls and needed like 20 bucks. And I was like, dude, this is the last time. Send it. And then I learned like he's, he's on the streets and he's, 
he's, he's, he's tweaking. I'm not going to support that obviously. So I had to cut that friendship off and I just saw a lot of people go down that path yeah. and I'm so grateful I didn't. And at the same time, like if I can just save a few people from going down that path, whether you pay me or not, like we create so much free stuff and just hopes that it just hits you in some way and, and, and you make the right turn. And if I can do that, I'm, um, my, I can die a happy man. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's great that you are doing that. And, you know, I mean, again, that comes back to that service, right? Just making that impact and, uh, putting that value out. Sorry. I, I think a lot of people don't know what they want to do. And I think that's totally okay. Cause I knew when I got into fitness that it's, it's what I want to do at the moment and through just focusing and obsessing over, okay, I'll just do the best I can with what I have and I'll build a fitness business. You know, maybe something will come of it. Maybe it won't, but I'm just going to focus on that. And I knew within a year and a half, I, I went to a Bedros Cooling event and I was talking to a lot of gym owners, like they were making seven figures and I was like, damn. And then I'm trying to figure out how much they take home. And it was like 60. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Fitness is not what I want to do but I learned some insanely valuable skills along the way that are transferable into your next venture. And what I'm doing now, will I do forever? Probably not. Like I'll build a team around it and it'll be its own thing with marketers who are more brilliant than I am and they can do their thing there. And I'll probably do the next thing. So I I don't know if you'll ever know exactly what you want to do, but if you just have a, a slight feeling of like, well, maybe I'll, I'll start a little gym or fitness or maybe I'll, you know, start writing a book. I don't know what that is, but just go all in and, and you'll, you'll figure it out if you're committed to it. Yeah, definitely. You know, like you said, put what you, what you can into what you're doing right now, right? Like give that focus, give it everything that you have. And along the way, just be open to, Hey, you know, something else might come along and, and uh, that now you got a new path that you're on. So yeah, I love that. What's, um, what is the vision for you? We talked about vision, like you know, and you talked about, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this forever, but, but yeah, you know, yeah. near term intermediate uh, vision of w- what you're looking to do, the impact you want to make. Like, w- what is that? I, I was, it's great to hear that. Um, yeah. Leaders like yourself. Yeah. So we were just a little, about six months ago, I felt this flame in me slowly dying. When I do something for too long and I'm not pushing the boundaries, I, I start losing that flame, even if it's doing well, we were doing really well, but I'm like, eh, I even had thoughts of like, maybe I'm going to take six months off, give everything away and just like figure out my next phase in life. Luckily I didn't, that was a pattern for me. And so I realized, wait, maybe that's not the best way to do things. Let me find ways to create systems or hire or find ways to automate a lot of the stuff I don't like. So that was my journey. But through that, a lot of our clients, I got so focused on the tactical, the strategies, the here's exactly how you do it. And I was getting really frustrated with a lot of our clients. I take responsibility for it of here it is. And then a week later, nothing was implemented or very, a little was implemented. And these people had every resource available to them to see success. And so I started obsessing over the idea or over the problem of why aren't they implementing? Why aren't they doing? And why do some, you know, I think we've worked with about 250 coaches now. So why did some of them implement at a high level? And we just had one guy email us a 40 K a month. And then some people for the same length of time do one or do zero, like they quit. And I got really obsessed with that. And I I've been journaling for a long time, uh, especially on kind of more the habit based stuff and like what worked for me. So I went through six or seven notebooks of trying to find the key things that I learned, started teaching that to a lot of our clients, started, started using a lot of it. 
And I realized that their results were going up and I was like, okay, stupid me. I know this, that the strategies are just one very small part of it. And so now I'm, I'm just really obsessed with this idea of unleashing people's potential, which is the reason for the infinite podcast. And it's a thing we're doing with a lot of our clients. So it's kind of battle tested. I'm testing it with clients to see what really moves the needle forward and what, what doesn't. They're universal things. We've all read and heard them. Just trying to find a different way to, to, to make it land for people. Because when you hear something over and over, set goals, set goals, you stop listening to it and you just don't do it. So what's different ways of, of putting it out there, a different way of saying it, different way of doing it so it actually lands for people. So it's been a fun journey. Uh, we've got 52 weeks of the podcast already mapped out, already planned. And the podcast is actually a development program, but it's free. So every episode is 20 minutes long, but I'm asking people to book 60 minutes aside. Yeah. So the 20 minutes is very action-based, focusing on one thing. Then there's yeah. 40 minutes of journaling that is mandatory. So you put 40 minutes aside, you see if you resonated with it. If you did, how can you implement it? And if you didn't resonate with what I said, awesome what could be better or what, what can you implement in your life on that topic? And I'm just asking people to every week tune in, listen to the episode and then do the work yeah. and, and don't pay me a dime if you don't want. But I know that over 52 weeks, which is the plan for the podcast, yeah. it's, it's going to be uh, an action based kind of no BS platform where, where, you know, you're not being sold left, right and center. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my fuel right now. So I wake up every day pretty excited for that. Don't know where it's going to end up, but I know what it's done for my clients. And so I know what it'll do for listeners. And, and there's going to be a whole business model around that. But right now I'm just focused on service and adding some value in the marketplace. It's powerful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. What's uh, what are one, two, one or two things that you could leave with the listeners that they, when we talk about impact actionable items, like what are some things that they could take and put into action for themselves today to move themselves forward? Yeah. Uh, maybe on the topic of leadership, this is just something I struggled with and I still do. I have to keep myself in check of, I already know that, or I, I don't need to do that. Or who are you to tell me? And when I started really dropping that egotistical kind of, I know it all mentality, which I think is, is good as in like you, you can't listen to everyone's opinion. And at the end of the day, you have to say, I'm doing this. I am the best. And I know what to do. You have to have that confidence. But when you get around people who know more than you or they've, they, they can add value to you, uh, drop that. So I think, I mean, I think a really big part of leadership, I don't know if you agree with me or not, is, is being able to drop that. I mean, you, you don't know everything. Totally, and the more yeah. you realize you don't know everything, yeah. uh, the better leader you can be because you'll even listen to if the janitor has a good idea and you're the CEO, like, you're going to listen. You're going to sit down and talk. You don't know everything. And so uh, that was a really big one for me. I wish I would have just not wish, but, but I, if I would have dropped that earlier, uh, this chip on my shoulder, I would have moved forward a lot quicker, especially in the early days. And the other thing, and I say this often, it's so cliche, but you know, just doing it anyways. And what I mean by that is gather the Intel You've got, to, you've got to gather intelligence and, and you know, listen to some advice and, and put it up on your, on your war board and kind of see like, okay, here's everything I know about my vision, my mission, where, what I'm going after, what we're trying to accomplish. But now it's time for action. And you know, you'll spend a day gathering all the intel. You'll look at it and you've got to make a decision at that point. And so many are still sitting on the fence waiting for one more piece of information. And I'm going to let you know everything you need to know is probably inside you already. 
uh, it's time to pull the trigger. And I can guarantee you that even if you make the wrong decision, you're not literally pulling the trigger. You are not ending someone's life. It's, it, you're going to recover. You're just going left, going right. And if right's not right, then you're going to go a little bit more left and you'll figure it out. So, you know, just do it, do it, do it. No, thank you. I appreciate that. That's uh, wise words for sure. And I 100% agree. So uh, what, what are a few ways that we can find out more about you? You, know, you mentioned the new project you're coming out. Uh, like, yeah, how can the listeners find out more about you and what you got going on? Yeah, if, if, you're, uh, if you're into Instagram, I have this like love-hate relationship. I'm in the social media world. Yeah. And I am like trying to keep my social media time under 30 minutes a day, although my business is run on social media. So it's a challenge for how do I automate this stuff. But if you're a social media fan, uh, at LucasRubix for sure. I mean, that's where all the updates happen. And if you're not, then just check out LucasRubix.com and you'll find all the information you need for absolutely everything we do. And hopefully you find something that, that adds some value to your life. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Lucas, so much for being here today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, you better have a great one. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby. Tip, 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 t